0: Welcome back to another edition of the Skating Penguin Network Mailbag here at the Skating Penguin Network. I am Garrett Bahanna. Alongside me are my two co-hosts, Robbie and Snail. We have uh, some more questions this week. This will be part one of this week's mailbag, and part two will come at you later in the week as we creep into November and creep ever closer to, as Robbie likes to say, American Thanksgiving. So uh, with that said, let's uh, let's dive straight into it. Question number one goes to Robbie. Snail will get question number two. I will take question number three, and we will rotate until all questions in part one are answered. Question one comes from Brian. Robbie, do you want to see Tristan Jari stop playing the puck so much and focus more on his positioning and tracking of the puck? We've seen goalies who can play the puck be a big advantage but it seems like every time Jari does something with the puck, something bad tends to happen.
1: So, before I do answer this question, I want to open with uh, by sending our thoughts and condolences to Adam Johnson, uh, the former Penguin uh, slash uh, AHLer, NHLer that passed away over the weekend playing in England. Um, if you've not heard it by now, you surely will hear about it here. In uh, the next couple days, he uh, suffered a tragic accident on the ice on Saturday evening uh, in the UK and passed away due to uh, his injuries. Uh, If you are someone that wants to see the video, I highly suggest that you just um, try to avoid it at all costs. Uh, It is gruesome. It is very bad, and it is unfortunate. There is a video of his only NHL goal. Uh, coming with the Penguins back in 2019. Um, uh, it's kind of a uh, now living memory of uh, his career, but uh, we do send our condolences to uh, Adam Johnson, his entire family um, for the unfortunate uh, situation that went, uh, that um, everything that took place this weekend in, in the UK. But uh, moving past that, uh, the question about Tristan Uh, The problem with Jari playing the puck is that he's very good at it. And sometimes I think he might get a little too overconfident with the puck. Um, He has had a long list of brain farts when playing the puck, uh, most famously in the playoffs against the New York Islanders uh, back in, I believe, 2021. Um, I, I like a goalie that can play the puck skillfully. I just... I'd like them to play the puck within themselves. And sometimes Jari just gets a little too overzealous with it. So if they can find a happy medium ground between not playing the puck and staying in the crease and uh, playing the puck and advancing, um, helping the offense, then that would be my ideal situation. He just gets a little too uh, frisky when the puck gets on his stick. And that tends to lead to – a bad turnover, which which leads to a scoring chance against, uh, which sometimes leads to a goal. So, If we can somehow find a happy medium between the two, that's where I think I'd prefer to see Jari because uh, he does have the skill to play the puck. It's just about reining in uh, his confidence once he has it. uh, Make the smart play rather than uh, the fancy one. Just help the offense break out um, rather than go for a puck up the ice assist or something like that. Just focus on uh, getting the puck to a defenseman and uh, helping the breakout. Uh, question number two uh, from Ryan again here. I understand the logistics, but does anyone get super annoyed by television blackouts? You can watch every other game on ESPN plus, but your local one, why can't ESPN work out a deal with all the regional sports networks? So blackouts aren't a thing.
2: I don't know why I It's I wish they'd figured out cause it's super annoying. Also I live in Seattle I can watch Kraken games on ESPN+, but I can't watch when the Penguins play the Columbus Blue Jackets. I can't watch Columbus games for some reason. I, it makes no sense. Uh, that's probably just more of a glitch on my end, but I wish that they would figure this out because it's like... uh <sighs> I don't really know why they do blackouts. I used to have the assumption that it was to get you to go to games. Like, have you guys ever heard that? Like they blackout your local team on, on TV cause they want you to actually pay for a ticket and go watch the team. <laughs> um, but from what I've seen online, I've never even seen, I, I don't know where I heard that. I've literally heard that one time and I'm like, that's why. But uh, I don't know, it's it's super annoying. I wish. I feel like the in, in the uh the era we live in right now it's just like let's figure out the the blackout thing and just get these games people just want to watch the games at home people want to watch their home team from the comfort of their couch so I don't know let's figure it out um it's super annoying um do you guys so you guys can't watch Penguins games at, uh, on ESPN Plus at home
0: I don't I don't think Garrett, so. do you even watch
2: do you even watch Penguins games do you watch I don't hockey even...
0: I don't know what the penguins... I thought the penguins were a fl- species of flightless birds. Uh, but the blackout <laughs> question, here's what I will say. Uh, wait, I think, wait
2: do, you, so do, you, do you ever turn on ESPN? Do you have ESPN Plus, Garrett? Yeah, I do. You do. Okay, have you ever turned it on and you can't watch the penguins?
0: Um, I don't know if there's been a scenario where the penguins, like, they're playing most of their games are televised on the regional sports network uh which is sportsnet pittsburgh so i don't think there's ever been a scenario where i've turned tried to turn on espn plus to see if i was blacked out by some form or fashion uh
2: okay so you would just turn it to you're like i don't know if you have cable you just turn your tv to channel 13 or something and that's yeah. where you watch the game
0: oh yeah. okay so, but like to your point I think eventually what you're going to see is teams go the direct-to-consumer route. And I think we've talked about it before. I think eventually you're going to see teams charge $7.99 a month or $9.99 a month. And they'll give you like a season pass. Because, yeah, you're in Seattle. And, I mean, Robbie and I are in the viewing area, the viewing region, where we wouldn't have to use espn plus to watch penguin games because we have access to the regional sports network but for penguins fans out of state or penguins fans who cut the cord i know some people who use youtube tv and the regional sports network isn't on youtube tv so how are they how would they watch penguins games if they don't have cable if they cut the cord if they can't see it on espn plus eventually i think you're going to see teams go the dtc route charge a monthly rate or a yearly rate or a semi-yearly rate and then you'd be able to watch all of the non-exclusive games sometimes you get games on the big networks like tnt or abc or whatever all the other home games and away games that are broadcast uh on on the regional sports network i think eventually you'll see them start charging a monthly rate to access those games
2: so yeah, I think Vegas does the direct to consumer. They have an app you can download, and you can just stream it on your laptop, TV, smart TV, phone. I, I I hope that's the way of the future. It just sounds, it's just it's the way that things are trending. That's the convenient way to just pay for another subscription, another app, and just get access. Don't have to miss a single game.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: All right, uh, uh, Robbie, sorry. Did you have anything to contribute to that? I kind of adri- I kind of turned that over to both of you, but. Nope. Okay. Uh, question number three from Brian: Can you boys tell me from your Halloween candy research what the heck is different about Reese's Pieces and Peanut Butter M&Ms?
0: Snell, it sounds like you've never had a Peanut Butter M&M.
2: A Peanut Butter M&M. Uh, it's different
0: from a Peanut M&M.
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's why I was confused. So it's like a uh, it's like a, a a crossover of the two.
0: It's it's peanut butter inside the M M&M. and M.
1: Okay, let me. Well, first
0: let... off, they're two different companies. Wait, really? What oh, well, is it by Reese
1: Reese's Reese's Pieces is Reese's peanut butter M and Ms are M and Ms. That's Hershey's <laughs> and Mars candy. So the difference is they're just two different companies. I can't say much for taste or anything like that, but it boils down to Reese's Pieces is made by Hershey, and peanut butter M and Ms is by Mars, who does m&ms that's the difference there's no i mean that's the they're just two different companies
0: taste wise though there is a difference in taste um yeah i can't i don't know when
1: the last time i don't i honestly don't remember the last time i had either of them so i can't really say much for taste but the most i'm sure there is a taste difference but i mean they are not by the same company so there you have your main differences they're just this very similar candy made by two different uh corporations
2: okay so i just looked it up so yeah i i'd never heard of uh i've heard of reese's pieces not peanut butter m m's that says here that the difference between these two treats is in the chocolate or the fact that reese's pieces don't have any chocolate at all it's funny because whenever i eat reese's pieces you always expect to find some chocolate between the shell and the peanut butter i'm always shocked when i okay so that one has chocolate and one does not
0: that's interesting because like isn't the whole Reese's like their brand is peanut butter and chocolate. Yeah. So why wouldn't your Reese's pieces Reese's pieces? Anyway, I mean this question has already gone off the rails, but I will say, Brian, stay tuned. Uh we are going to be uh we're recording this on October 30th, so the day before Halloween. But we are recording our candy draft rankings uh the three of us made a bet regarding Sidney crosby's point totals up until this point we will get into that when we record our candy draft ranking later tonight the 30th and that will go live on halloween as well so you will get to hear our in-depth takes on the best candies in the world so brian for that question stay tuned and with that we will go to question four back to ravi What's the most surprising thing to start the season this year? Vegas, Colorado, Boston's hot start, Edmonton's slow start with McDavid's injury, Ovechkin only having two goals in seven games at the time of Brian asking this question. Robbie, uh, what is the most surprising thing to you as the season enters November?
1: Yeah, a couple early surprising teams. Vegas, I I mean – Getting points in nine straight games is impressive, uh, but again, we knew Vegas was going to be stacked uh, to start this uh, coming into the season, so that's not a huge surprise. Um, I will say Boston, though i st- I was still on the they're going to be pretty they're still going to be pretty good team, uh, but to st- see them start out um, on just absolute fire, um, win- or winning seven of their first eight, and that eight and that one loss coming in. Um, an overtime, so they have points in their first eight games. Uh, coming on absolute fires to Boston uh, is definitely up there. Um, uh, who else? I, really, I mean, the San Jose Sharks, I mean, we knew they were going to be bad, but, I mean, this is bad, bad. They are on pace. I saw somebody uh, tweeted out today that right now they are on pace this season for nine points, which, obviously, they're not going to continue that pace, but... They do not have a win through nine games. They only have one point. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, Edmonton and Calgary, I had to put in that mix as well. And another team out West, uh, Seattle, who I think everybody figured was going to build off last season uh, and not necessarily take out like a Vegas or something, but they have been mired in the mud through uh, through, uh, the opening stretch of the season, almost the first month of the season now. So, Expected more out of Seattle. As for individual performances, Ovechkin. Uh, at some point, it was all going to slow down. Uh, Washington not being a very good team.
2: Uh, That's a bad so, team in Washington.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a mess in Washington right now, and I don't see it getting uh, much better this year. I think if they're going to be uh, big sellers as we move into uh, the playoff stretch. Um, a guy that maybe right now is the front runner for the Art Ross and maybe even the MVP uh Jack Hughes uh knew that he was going to be a great have a great season but he is tearing up the league right now um and really New Jersey's playing great hockey as well but uh Jack Hughes is kind of taking that next step into the elite uh tier of uh, of NHL players and becoming Uh, the player that he was projected to be. It's just kind of when they take that step, you you expect it. But uh, when it all comes, it still kind of uh, takes you back a little bit. Uh, Question number five from Brian here again. What goes into choosing what gear uh, a player uses? Is it the hand feel, the weight, uh, or the weight of the product?
2: That's a really good question. And it's, you know, one of those typical questions. I think it probably differs from person to person. Uh, I could probably only really speak for myself and, and my friends um, and how they go about choosing their product but uh, weight and hand feel is definitely uh, like w- right now everything is getting lighter everything's lighter than it was three years ago five years ago ten years ago uh, the less weight the quicker your hands the quicker the shot you know the less weight on your gloves the lighter the skates the faster you know it's all about weight is a huge thing right now for sure. Um, I think it's also there's probably like more products being tested right now than than like there there's so many new developments to so many different products like Bauer has really been pushing like a whole like they're they're kind of like the the leaders I think right now and like just experimenting with cool new stuff not so much like maybe back in like the late 90s when like two piece sticks were like a thing and uh the one piece was kind of come like it's it feels like the wild west right now even with gear there's so much cool new stuff coming out um also it's like kind of uh i don't know if this is a good or a bad thing but like who who are like the pros that are like endorsing or using or testing these products like there's this new company out right now called Tovi Hockey. Have you guys seen anything from them? So they're a, a one-piece stick, but their blade is completely like... It's like a grid. It's like per, completely peripherated. So air goes through the, the blade. And I saw them pop up over the summertime, and I was just like, that looks like the dumbest stick ever. How is that like... How could you snap a puck around with that thing? It looks fragile, but then sure enough, uh, uh, Charlie Coyle on the Boston Bruins—he's testing out one of their sticks and using it in games. And apparently, they got some other—they announced that some NHLer is also trying out one of their sticks. So that brand, going from like a, a, a startup brand with like 300 followers on Instagram to now having two NHLers using it, and people are going to start—it'll spark curiosity. So. It's it's who's it's like the pros that are maybe even like using and endorsing products. It's like when you're growing up. It's like like for me, again, again, always had like a a silver uh, Eastern synergy. Uh, like what did I want a, a silver Eastern uh, synergy? So uh, who's using it? And just it's like whatever is kind of new and cool and coming out. You know, people are gonna have their. Uh, their old Reliables and their favorites like they still make the Lidstrom curve like with the square toe on the end like that's something that's still being produced to this day. So and that's got his name attached to it. So who's using it and yeah, just kind of like funky cool new stuff will always spark the market. Uh, Question number six here from Brian. If you could undo one trade in Penn's history, what would it be really heavily considering uh, horny or hags as my answer, but we'll say McCann. That's a spicy meatball boys.
0: <laughs> McCann definitely I don't want to say it's a recency bias, but McCann is on that definitely on the list of worst penguins trades of all time. I don't think he would be super, maybe not super high. But we talked about the uh the Sergei Zubob trade last week. And I think before we've mentioned the uh Marcus Naslin trade to Vancouver. So I think even though it was before my time, I was doing some research into some of the worst trades in penguins history. And it's almost like a general consensus that the, the penguins gave up on Nasland way too quickly. They were frustrated with him for the lack of production that he had given the penguins, but for him to basically go be a perennial all pro in Vancouver, uh, that was just a, a sour mark on the, the penguins of the early to mid nineties. Um, what, what could have been, he, he obviously goes to resurrect his career out west. Uh, but yeah, in terms of recency bias, with me being a younger fan, that McCann trade, I mean, he's gone on to be a stud in Seattle. Uh, I don't, I mean, when, when he was traded, when McCann was traded, he had garnered that reputation of being a quote unquote streaky player. But even when he was traded, I still was infuriated because he gave the Penguins... The Penguins would kill to have Jared McCann. Let's put it that way. They would kill to have Jared McCann right now. Right now, with how bad the bottom six is, McCann could play a top six or bottom six role. He was incredibly versatile. They would absolutely kill to have his services. But good on Seattle for for taking a chance on McCann. He has uh, successfully resurrected his career and become one of the more dependable forwards for that Seattle Kraken group. But yeah, for for my money, I'll go with the general consensus pick. That would probably be the Marcus Naslund trade, maybe the Yarmir Yager trade to the Washington Capitals when the Penguins were in pretty dire straits and Yager did not really want anything to do with the Penguins at that point in the late 90s. But I'll say Naslund as we move on to question seven. We go to Robbie here. Question seven comes from Brian. This is a very interesting hot-button topic right now, you guys. Do you want to see Mike Sullivan make changes to his system? The team having older legs and such a hard-pressing forecheck and wanting them to play with so much speed might be contributing to the early season struggles. Does a system change or a scheme change make sense?
1: I don't think coaches just up and change their own system adapt it maybe, but to say change it, that coaches, I mean, they come in with a system in mind and a system they've used basically through their entire career with changes here and there. So, I mean, adaptations of the system, sure. But to say that they need to go away from a hard pressing forecheck and wanting to play with speed, I don't think that fits anything that Mike Sullivan has ever shown as a head coach with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I don't think there's really any way to just flip a switch to a system that, might be more in tune with an older uh, roster. So um, adjustments, I mean, there's definitely adjustments that can be made and that's what a good coach needs to do um, as long as the players buy into that as well. But uh, to change a whole system isn't really um, possible without a different coach. You kind of saw that with uh, back when the Penguins fired Michelle Terry in, in 2009 and replaced him with Dan Balsma, who brought in a completely different system, a more forechecking, open speed system as compared to uh Terrian's, uh suffocating defense suffocating neutral zone uh kind of system again it's just a complete system change that uh was more adaptable to what the penguins were at that time uh that let the the superstars kind of um fly free and use their skill to to win hockey games so uh to get a complete system change, I think it would take a different coach. But uh, I, I believe a good coach um, needs to adapt his system uh, to what he has. So uh, more adaptations than just a full system change, in my opinion. Uh, question eight from Brian here again. Uh, did any of you guys check out the Frozen Frenzy? I definitely could see this. Uh, could see this really working.
2: Yeah, I watched the Frozen Frenzy. I thought it was a success. It was awesome. I had a feeling it was going to be good. I mean, I just love watching hockey, so ended up being a uh, I think a success. And I think something uh, just to add on to that, it's like they should they should make that like a day two or three times a year, like have like a Frozen Frenzy weekend or something. Was it it was on a weekday this this year, wasn't it? I think uh they should make that like a weekend thing like have like it not it'll never be like a super bowl sunday and i'm not trying to really compare it to that but like some sort of event where you can just marinate on your couch and watch hockey from morn till night um I, i i've heard i i heard people that were involved with it like i I think i heard kevin weeks and butcher grass have since commented on it and uh other podcasts and everyone loved it so i i only see it becoming a more of a thing and maybe even more frequently the schedule is planned this year there's no i think the the deals are in place um with with networks and whatever so probably not going to see it again this year but it's going to be kept in mind for next year and hopefully maybe they make a bigger deal out of it. I wouldn't mind seeing, um, maybe a little bit, make a little more of a spectacle out of it. Uh, question number nine, uh, say Connor Garland to the pens happens. What do you think we send back? Raquel.
0: Honestly, that's not, that's not a bad idea because you're going to have to send out at least one contract with term, On it. Garland is in the middle of a I think it's a what is it? A five-year deal? One, two, three, yeah, five-year deal with a cap hit of 4.95 million. So he's signed through the 2025-26 season. Garland can I think Garland can play either wing. He's a a right-hander by trade. 27 years old, 510, 165. I think he he doesn't really. Let me pull up his uh his statistics here. Eight games played this year, one goal, one assist. So not off to the hottest start. But it's hard because while I agree that Raquel would make sense, are you fixing a problem by trading away Raquel? Like I Garland because Raquel would leave then. Okay. you, you who, who are you going to put in that right wing slot? Are you going to put Garland there? Is that going to be an upgrade to the top six? I'm more concerned with an upgrade to the bottom six, going back to Brian's previous question about whether you need to change Sullivan's system. I still think that the penguins, even with their older bodies can succeed playing an aggressive four check kind of game, but they don't have the personnel to match it. And Kyle Dubas, When he came in, basically reconstructed that entire bottom six. To his credit, he did away with just about every mistake Ron Hextall made. But I think it's clear now as we hit almost 10 games that the players that he brought in aren't having the desired results that maybe he thought they were. Because you have two really top-heavy offensive lines. That bottom six is focusing on defense and defense-first metrics and you can see it night in and night out now there's ample evidence that when the top 6 isn't scoring you're not going to get offensive production from the bottom 6 so bringing connor garland in it would be beneficial if you could put him in a top 9 role maybe on the third line so if you, but like again to Snail's point if you take ricardo kell out you know you're basically swapping that contract for for garland that doesn't really my issues lie with the bottom six, not the top six. So, but you know, you, you don't have, you don't have a ton of value to give away anyway. You could probably give Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alveen, maybe a couple of draft picks, but my issues are going to remain with that bottom six and the lack of offense that, that they produce Would I like Connor Garland. Absolutely. Um, but snail, do you have something to add?
2: i was just gonna say let's be honest it'd be kind of a lateral move it's like two yeah, right exactly. shot top six players that are off to really slow starts and it would just be a mix-up change of scenery thing um that's all i was kind of wanted to add
0: yeah i agree it would be a lateral move right now that wouldn't trade any change anything at least in my opinion question 10 go back to brian here as we go back to robbie Robbie, are you surprised Ty Domi never played in Pittsburgh with how close he is to Mario Lemieux?
1: I think I'm more surprised that Max Domi has never played in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Just from, I mean, even if you take the Mario Mario equation out of it, it feels like Max Domi's one of those players that's been tied to Pittsburgh for like his entire career now. But, I mean, Domi was a rough and tumble guy. Uh, The Penguins... Did not really play his style during Domi's peak. Uh, the Penguins were a running gun team. Now, Ty Domi uh, had some good years, but um, friendships I mean, there's a lot of guys in the NHL are friends. Um, Nathan McKinnon's good friends with Sidney Crosby. If Nathan McKinnon wants to come play with Sidney Crosby, hey, I'm more than fine with it. But um, I think I'm more surprised that Max Domi has never played in Pittsburgh because every time his name does come up with the Penguins, there is always a mention of Ty Domi being friends with Mario Lemieux. So I think I'm more surprised on the Max Domi front, but you never know what can happen in the future. But uh, I'm going to go with uh, not really surprised that Ty never played in Pittsburgh, but kind of surprised at this point that Max has never uh, thrown on the skating penguin sweater. Uh, Question number 12 uh, from Brian again here. What's one vegan option you'd suggest uh, the boys try that they'd be surprised. It was vegan.
2: Hmm, I don't know. Have you guys ever tried Beyond or Impossible meat? You have?
0: Probably. I have not, but yeah. you no, not. Not. i have not. I think it's really good.
2: You think it's good. Do you think it's, there's good, but there's also uh, convincing. Do you think it's convincing that like if you were to be fed it blindfolded, would you question whether it was meat or not?
0: maybe but my palate is not that refined so i would say god
2: i don't know why i asked that
0: (laughs) i i'm i'm no gordon ramsay kind of food tester but um either way yeah impossible or beyond how the fancy buzzwords but either way yeah i I think i've I've had impossible burgers before uh, from a bunch of different places just you know on a whim just because eh, you know i'll try it i'll see what see what the is it really healthier i don't know maybe uh but like I walked away very impressed like i've ordered impossible burgers multiple times now because i think they're actually pretty good
2: okay so i mean i i would probably those are like the easy ones to recommend like or to to like recommend you try to see if you know as far as uh convincing like whether it's animal product or not um it's kind of funny all these like big super just like non-vegan brands are making like some of the most like convincing like there's chocolate bars out now like milk chocolate um i've had some like uh hershey's milk chocolate bars that are just so good and they're so cheap too i was at the grocery store not that long ago and i bought 12 of them they're 2 dollars uh i would uh, if you guys are ever curious i would be more than happy to suggest a just a laundry list of products that uh i i I wouldn't be trying to necessarily get one over on you but i'd be like this is actually like a quality product and yeah like what garrett mentioned there's like if you're trying to be health conscious that's a different list but if you're looking for convincing food that tastes like an animal product and you're maybe just trying to eliminate that for like people do meatless mondays and it's like i don't know have you guys heard of that meatless mondays some they try to it's like a little bit of a trend that happens every once in a while. Uh, like if you ever were interested in doing like a meatless Mondays, I could send you a, a simple recipe that could eliminate animal product and it would taste. I don't know if it's person to person. I couldn't say if it would taste better, but for me, it 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 fits the bill and, it, you know, it it satisfies the palate. So uh, Beyond's doing a good job, impossible. And there's a bunch of others. Uh, like Kroger has their own meatless, like chicken nuggets. They have a whole meatless line, like Kroger does, Safeway does, Whole Foods, their 365 brand. Um, it's in this day and age, it's actually super easy to be vegan if you're looking to just substitute all the good stuff because there's never been there's no shortage of products in anything so um but yeah i you got to give props to some of those bigger brands like uh like hersheys or whatever or or beyond and impossible cuz they're they're really killing it Be- oh dude if i have one beyond makes steak tips they make these vegan steak tips they they're they're crazy when i cook them up it's like dude that it's like just the visual of it it's like dude that's me it looks like carne asada so Anyways, we'll move on. But uh, a lot of products that are doing a lot of companies that are doing a really good job with their products lately. Okay. So the last question is from Brian yet again. And he asks, would you rather live without the internet or without bathing?
0: All right. So this is going to be the round table one as we wrap up part one of the mailbag. Oh boy. I don't think in, in, in 2023, you, you can't live without the internet. I, I At least it's so, I mean, obviously you don't want to live without the ability to bathe because that's just gross, but we rely on the internet for everything. Like I rely on the internet to do my job. So
2: that's what Bill uh, Gates wants you to think.
0: I, You know, it worked, I'm sure, it, oh man, no, because I was going to say, it, it worked for the people in The Walking Dead, but then I'm like, you know, they probably found a stream every now and, other, and, and now and again to, like, clean themselves up. And I'm sure they found, you know, bars of soap and convenience stores from going from point A to point B. So, you know, because the internet is so important, I, I will take the gross approach and I will say, I would rather not bathe and have the internet. So who wants to go next?
2: Uh, I'll go ahead and go. I'm going to... That's super tough because like, I want to be able to be like, I don't need the internet. Like maybe my life would be better without the internet. I'm so burdened by this attachment to my phone and computer and everything and, and streaming shit. But it's like, I don't know. I feel like, one week into this experiment, I'd be like, dude, screw bathing. Give me, give me like fucking TikTok back. I don't know. I'd probably, I'm choosing, I'm choosing the internet.
1: Yeah. um, It is. I mean, it's disgusting to think, like, these aren't, first off, these aren't two equal, like, choices either. Like, the internet is completely... A part of your daily life that you need it's a necessity bathing i mean it is gross just to think about um i uh, i guess i'd rather live without bathing if i had to i mean that'd be disgusting um i don't know that's just what i'm going with it's uh, yeah it's just weird to think about it because i mean yeah it's just i mean you know what Body odor smells like after a day. Just imagine never being able uh, to bathe. We have all this technology. We are not living in uh, like the dark ages. Uh, we don't have to. Like, thankfully, we will not have to do do it without any of these things.
0: It's weird though, because like up until like the late seventies, early eighties, like people, the internet was like not a thing. So people were living without the internet, and I'm sure that you know they were bathing. So like, but you know. The world has changed so drastically in the last 40 years since the internet became so widely available and we rely on it for everything now, which again, makes the question harder because obviously there was a time without internet and people got along just fine without it. But now it's like, you need the internet for just about everything. So, um, yeah, I'll take the internet, uh, overbathing.
2: Yeah, internet, like our ancestors are just like, just frowning upon us. They're like, come on, you dirty scoundrels, but whatever. Um, Internet, uh, dude, I couldn't watch Penguins games. And that's really important
0: to me. Exactly. That's the most important thing in life. Well, we get through part one of this week's mailbag. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, part two of the Skating Penguin Network mailbag will be coming at you fine folks later in the week for Snail, for Robbie Noggle, I have been Garrett Bahanna, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to all of you again.